bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits well, a homicide and kills people up... Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. This is The Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host. If y'all can hear the conversation during the break, 833-212-1017 is the number. So Bill said encourage them to get into the trades. Mark said, so as a local contractor, I applaud you for making this a topic of conversation, Dr. Harris. Historically, our youth have been steered away from the trades, even discouraged from finding skills in this area, if you will. But honestly, youth can make a very good living starting out with an apprenticeship, then working their way up to journeymanship, which is 60, 70 plus thousand dollars a year. There is and always has been a gross shortage of minority participation in the trades and development industries to that point that are stipulations requiring minorities, a resident involved. They don't want that to be a topic, though. But the issue I have with it is as soon as I get into the union, the union starts to stop black people from progressing in the trades. Hey, yo, first of all, shout out to Mark. So to your point, I think it's an awesome move for to get young students involved more in, in, in the apprenticeship programs. Yep. But here again, for me, my biggest thing is I want to make sure young people have options. There's actually now, Mark, in most of our public schools, a lot more apprenticeships being talked about. A lot, there, I looked at some numbers yesterday. But where, is it a real apprenticeship through the union? Well, because you know they program. play that because you know yes. they play that game where you think you're in an apprenticeship and then you come and say, "Well, the union didn't fund it, so you really, you really you got to go do this right, X, y, right. So all over again." But we're working with the state directly, so this is a good thing. Shout out to my man, uh, Mr. David Polk. Um, state apprenticeship director where we're going to be partnering with them to do some things. But to this point, though, and I think I, I just want this is just Linnell's opinion. 
I want our kids to have the choices and options right. to choose multiple lanes that they so choose, not one or the other. You talked about it a little bit earlier. But I think some of the lanes need to be together. We I need agree. To, we need to embed that apprenticeship into a business degree. When you're done, you can veer left or veer right or just stay. I, I, it has to be something where yeah. kids aren't felt or made to feel like it's one or the other. Right, like that. I think that's what we see a lot of. Well, you have to either, and it's some of us are elitists who have degrees. Yeah, some of us. This is true. You know, ain't gonna point no fingers, but (laughs) but to your point, I think whether embedding it or or teaching it to the point of, you were talking about earlier about shop class. Well, I remember home ec, and they're now what sous chefs, Right. right? Right, making great money, like. If you teaching, if we're teaching skills early, say in grade school, not even middle school, I'm talking grade school. Let yeah, them do a little yeah. everything. The impact, I think, is more tremendous when they get to high school and say, you know what, I really do love cooking. Now I can pick my high school based on that. Right. Now we can talk specialty high school a little differently right. when I've already experienced eight years of something that got my skills set up. And we don't see that. Like, But we don't do school. First of all, school is for reading, writing, and arithmetic. Reading, writing, arithmetic. <laughs> We've messed that up. Right. We've changed the math. We told people well, it's OK that you're accurate, but you don't have to be precise. That's great. But I don't want that kid to burke anywhere near medicine, anywhere near anything, really <laughs> anywhere. So what are we why are we dumbing down education for kids that we think aren't going to make it? Kids have always worked best based on teacher expectation. And being in a class of everybody being close to the same grade, and then you can raise that whole. Can you imagine being a teacher and having three different, four different types of students in your class, A, B, C, and D students, where the D students look at the A students and say, well, I'll never be that, so why should I bother? And, and it just circles the drain from there. But I think it's, that's doable with only, with only an understanding that it's a communal approach. But it's not. It should be. But it can't be. That it's educational word gets can't going. It can't be. My dean gets whoo. I can't I can't teach four different groups in one time. But here it's it, impossible. I, I think it is possible. I think because I've seen it. I've seen it You've in seen one. it in little anecdotal places, but as a whole, I think it can't education is failing. If that's what they're doing, it's failing. Well, we'll go back. I gave you the point earlier, See, right? Push and my button. Now. I know. Wow. It don't take much, though. Kyle, wow. We already know. It don't wow. take much. He'll get, really? get going in a heartbeat. Really? Just, zoom, zoom, get it. But, like, so we discussed this earlier. Did right? I just get equated to a lawnmower? No, I, you know, getting started. <laughs> yeah, old school. But we talked about, like, one of the criticisms that we're hearing about Coach Bud is the ability, the inability to change. To change. Yes. And he does not make adjustments. Yes. That's what we see in our classroom. Correct. A level of how they're teaching all students, to your point. Like, your A student can, is still going to be an A student if you can be more creative and you're teaching to help the D student. Right. And that's not happening. What we have is educators are being taught in one way. They bring... But we've been teaching that since, same, since, since 1900. Right, right. And changed it in 1950. And we shouldn't even have... Black, like, we say we don't have blackboards no more, but we put all these whiteboards and we're doing the same thing with right. the whiteboards in the right. video. As if that's going to do something different. We have to change how we're teaching to reach that D student. And, right. and, and when I say communal... The A student give them the luxury to teach their peer. That's why we love peer mentoring now. When young people are working together, it's a lift system. It's a lift. When we did BLMA at two high schools, we did it at Washington High School and we did it at um, South Division. In one year, we looked at data just because, you know, the district is data driven. We saw monumental gains. I shouldn't say that's the wrong word. We saw gains. Significant gains. Yeah, thank you. Um, in, in everything, 
reduce suspensions because that's the most important thing, unfortunately, in most school districts, in particular for black boys. But then we had an increase in GPAs, an improvement in um, attendance in one year in that mixed class format, right? right? And and the idea was it was communal to the point where the A student knew the D student, i.e. me, needed some help. And then guess what? Because I'm the school kid, even though I'm a D student, the social skills, now we clicking because you're the A student. You're not a social. So it starts to create this this circular approach to relationships within the classroom. So now right. the teacher understands I'm teaching here, but then the students know I got to help him because he's going to struggle with this. Right. And we saw those gains in one year, Cali. You know, that's almost impossible in the education system. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And when we put more efforts to that. Now, here's the thing. Teachers got to know how to do that. When, when you look at MPS in particular, 85% of the teachers are white. Of that, 75% of those are women. Less than... One percent of the teachers are black males. Right. And studies show a black male in any class, whether it's white or black or mixed, students improve when they have a black male teacher. Yep. So when we start to think about ideas around going to college, going to, like I said, tech school, when you have someone who can relate to all students, now we break and eliminate the barrier idea of, yo, bro, you just should think about <laughs> military only. Right, like that, you can eliminate that when people start to understand students better. Let me get off my soapbox, y'all. Listen, man. Listen. Eight three three two one two one zero one seven is the number. I know I'm supposed to be taking a break, but we've been behind all day anyway. So I'm gonna talk to Sonia. You're on the new one zero one seven. The truth. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Wonderful. Good. So, as a former MPS educator, um, I just want to say we are blaming the teachers for all of this dysfunction and lack of learning, um, it starts at home. Now, I can't tell you how many times we don't have parent-teacher conferences, and we sat there all day missing sure. our own children's conferences sure. um, and no, have no parents showing up. But when we're giving away stuff for free, like if we having, like, muffins for moms or donuts for dads, the line be around the corner. So as an educator, I want to say that you're, you as parents are – your children's first teachers. And if you're not teaching them nothing or can't take the time to help them learn, then you can't just continue to blame teachers for the failure. That's not fair. I don't I don't think we're blaming teachers, but Linnell, go ahead. I, I want to say this, and thank you so much for being a teacher because that's one of the most toughest jobs. Yes, it is. We appreciate and I appreciate it. that. But I want to add this to what we don't realize and what we forget sometimes is a lot of parents have trauma from school where they didn't feel adequately intelligent enough to even support their children so when you ask me to come home when you're my child comes home to say do anything and i'm like i don't know what that is i can't do that the, because so, i didn't go to school i didn't go to school i didn't i couldn't do that at work right. so now you want me to come to school right. and, then, and then come here how i was a failure as a parent see at least if i come to muffins for mom and donuts for dad you're not going to make me feel like i'm not parenting but i do agree with you Parents need to own a lot more responsibility for education, but there's a meet us in the middle scenario we got to figure out because those parents who have trauma from, from high school or whatever are not going to feel comfortable even supporting their child because they don't know how either. But I do appreciate you because your comments are, are validated because I've seen it a lot too. 
Okay, and I mean, that's fine. I understand, you know, parents having trauma, but there is also a lot of um, information, a lot of programs that these parents can go to. Correct. So we have to Correct. quit making excuses for everybody. You know, no. it's not just teachers. It's, it's the MPS whole district. Correct. That's why I quit, because these kids aren't learning anything. When I was in school, it was one special ed class, and these kids really had special education. Now everything is behaviors, yes. and we as teachers are correcting so many many behaviors every day with all this MRP and everybody needs an IEP. Like, come on now. It's just getting ridiculous. These kids aren't learning anything. And structurally, it has to come from the inside out. But you are your child's first teacher, and right. it starts I at agree. home. All right. Well, thank you thank much. You. I appreciate you, Sonia. Of course. Eight three three two one two one zero one seven is the number. When we come back, stretch from the north side on the talk and text line. Hetty is holding on. We've got Linnell Ramey, Kyle Wallace. I'm Dr. Ken Harris. We'll be right back. More of The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You are listening to The Truth Roundtable on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017 is the number. My guest for the Truth Roundtable, Linnell Ramey from Mentor Milwaukee and Kyle Wallace, Director of Content for the new 1017 The Truth. Everybody here got a master's degree at least, so I'm just saying. We some educated brothers around here. Educated brothers, brothers members of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Yes, sir. Does it get any better than that? No. I know it does okay. not. No. All right. Hetty, you're on the new 1017 The Truth. Hi, Dr. Ken. Hi, uh, the rest of you guests. Uh, I'm a retired MPS teacher, taught sixth grade, seventh and eighth. Um, and I want to say that in this current system, the way it is, the way it's always been, we could not teach uh, multiple uh, classifications of students. Number one, in sixth grade, I had students coming into sixth grade that were functioning or reading at uh, pre-kindergarten level. And when you have those kind of discrepancies in the student's knowledge base, you, you, you can't be effective in the classroom. And so <laughs> there's so much pressure on teachers right now that most of them are leaving the profession, and it's unfortunate. But, uh, you know, I like your concept, and it can be done if, if everybody was on the same grade level, even if they were D students. So that, that would work. It would be beautiful, but that's not the reality. Now that you're not a part of MPS, how much, I don't, I don't know what word to use. My brain is saying interference, but I don't want to be that negative. But pff, why change? 
How much interference does a union make in your job as a teacher? They don't make it, uh, uh, interference. The union is necessary to represent people, uh, uh, teachers. In no, the that, that's not what I'm saying, because well, we, we got well, that. And me, me and you always, we always go round and round. You got a different way of thinking. I got a different way but of thinking. But that's not what I'm asking. Like let, me a, let me ask it, though. Well, oh, go ahead. I keep hearing that there are rules in place in your contract that then stops you from being able to do certain things because you have to follow the rules, which I get. But isn't it detrimental to the student? Like, shouldn't you be able to get students out of your classroom and get them in the help they need, things of that nature, without always sending them yeah. to central office? Oh, well, I don't know about that. I just know that there's situations where um, where teachers are sending them out of the classroom because they're disrupting the class. Or they may even physically jump on the teacher and the, the administration is sending them back to the classroom. Right. <laughs> Same teacher. And uh, So why doesn't the teacher do anything to... about that? Why doesn't the teacher call the police? Why doesn't the teacher file a complaint against the kid who battered them? What do, we, what do you mean you can't? They can't. What do you mean so you can't? So Only administration can do that. That's what they're told. So if you get beat up by a student, you can't call the police and have the student arrested. That's right. That's what I'm told. So you would rather follow administrative rules than state law? Oh, yes. Hello? Hello? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm uh, multitasking with the bank. You would, you, would, you would rather follow your school administrative law than state statutes and allow yourself to be battered and then not do anything about it because you're a teacher and the administration says so? Right. Hmm. Okay. Your job is on the line if you don't follow central. Um, but why would you work somewhere where who has such? Okay. All right. Well, thank you much. I appreciate it, Hetty. <laughs> Why would I work somewhere? Nope, Why would you I'm work done. at your job? Well, I don't get beat. Okay. okay. Thank you. Eight three three two one two one zero one seven is the number. Losing my job as a Milwaukee police officer. If they told me not to say something and it was detrimental and someone's getting beat or hurt and it's a crime, I'm sworn to actually speak up. You are a mandatory reporter. And you're telling me that the administration told you not to mandatorily report on yourself being a victim of a felony? Yeah, I, I think there was some, maybe she misunderstood because anytime there is a student issue of that magnitude, administration knows to get in touch with um, downtown and there's protocols and, 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 and all of that. But administration should not be the only person that's able to call. And what she's saying is that administration has to call for you. I don't think so. Yeah, I would think they would, right? If something if an incident happens in the classroom, no, no, no. I'm talking about me having the right to call. Forget administration. I mean, but you're in, if you're if you're inside a school classroom and an incident happens, the you're not. I mean, where I'm the victim and you get to decide whether or not I'm a victim. I mean, not, you, not you can't happen. call the police and tell the principal. Yes, hey, I, can. I just called the police on this then, child. Then you need to then, take my job because then I'm gonna give up my job. There's I'm out. protocol. You, I don't care. So there's no protocol against me being a victim. 
No, that, I mean, that would actually violate your civil rights. And I'm not a lawyer, but dis- the fact that you're telling me that I can't be a victim. No, I don't it's think it's against a, the law to batter a teacher. No, I, I'm okay. not disagreeing. Right. I'm okay. just saying I probably I, I want to say this too though, but in two That's why I'm not a teacher. Right, exactly. <laughs> but um there was some I think about the union side of things and I think when we we're talking about educators, again I love my mom my mom was an educator, so I want to be very clear. I and my my sister's an assistant principal in Georgia. Absolutely. I absolutely adore adore teachers. Adore. I, I think love I think where we have mishap is is getting rid of bad teachers. And I think when you were talking about um, Union. unions, yep. that's the issue I have. And I see when there's someone that potentially should not be teaching our children for whatever reason, then there's hiccups with that. Right. And I think I had a principal, um, I won't say his name, but um, they are a principal and we were talking one time and they were like, they wanted to get rid of a bad teacher. Um, and then he was told because that teacher went to the union or something to this magnitude he no longer can even evaluate the teacher until the process was over. And that teacher was allowed to continue to teach in his school, knowing that they were not adequately sufficient to be a teacher. Right. But as a teacher, he he had to deal with that. So right. you hear stories like that. And I believe you, to, her, to the, the um, young lady's point who just hung up, yes, representation, is it, it does, it's very important. Oh, yeah. And my mom and my sister would, sure. <laughs> would tell me all the time, why don't you do it? But in the same vein. I just, the issue I have is when it's bad teachers, and that's where I have a problem. But some of those rules, that same representation in the contract only helps the superintendent and the administration, not the teacher. So for for you to sign over a constitutional, like there are some things you sign over as a law enforcement officer, your constitutional rights, right? Anytime, for instance, anytime I come into a police facility as a police officer, you can Go in my locker, go in any bag I carry, search anything you want. I lose those rights when I'm in uniform or out of at work. But if somebody battered me at work and they said, well, don't report it. Yeah, I don't think that's what happens. And again, I think she understated because any issue that is a battery on a teacher is reported. I think to that point, I think. And Kyle alluded to this earlier, the protocol side of things. Right. So something happens, security is called, administrator is notified, and then then there then I'm not saying the teacher can't call, but I think the way it goes is administrative has to call on your behalf. And I would I, hope so. Yeah, I think so. I would hope so. But when you say a teacher can't call, that's that's problematic for me. Eight three three two one two one zero one seven is the number. Before we go to break, Sir Chance said if that kid has a dangerous weapon, such as a knife or firearm, I bet she'll change her tune and call the cops then. Probably not. Probably notify I so. administration. I hope she and, will call. But again, I, I literally know people that are in MPS, that are teachers, that are literally quitting and changing. Like, they're like, this is my last year. I'm done. Yeah, you hear that a lot. But you know what's funny? I, you know. No, you, I mean they've already. You hear that every they've year. They've already though. found the other job, right? Applied, got it, and they're leaving. Yeah, you and 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 that's because I believe education still continues to get a really really bad rap. I, I, but they're in it. They're, this, but I'm I not think, talking about people outside. They're no, no, in education, and they're saying, "Gotta go." Well, in circumstances, in situations, and unfortunately, like for Milwaukee. And we talked about this earlier, and Kyle might have said this, but if you come to teach in Milwaukee, there's certain layers because of some of the system system issues. And I will say that, system issues. But 
you don't see that same kind of folks leaving like their teaching career in the suburban districts, right? Like there's layers, um, and that, and that's part of the problem. And, but there's different, and for those who do leave the suburban areas, a lot of times it's dealing with the the hierarchy right. of the expectations and the things that you just get sick of. I had I know somebody who's a teacher in a suburban district. She told me two weeks ago. She said, "I'm a, I'm trying to get up out of here. I just I." <laughs> It's, it's not about the kids. It's about test scores and right. all this and that. And so, that, I mean, there's there's issues in all districts. And just so happens with MPS that one of the biggest issues is the fact that, you know, students students don't always uh, they have they have other things that they, yeah, have, things the yeah, they, that they have to deal with. So more comes with being an educator in the city. Can I do this real quick? Shout out to um, Dr. Juan Baez, who's the principal at um, Milwaukee School of Languages. Um, I believe his school was acknowledged as a blue ribbon school. That's excellent. Yes. That is, that's a big deal. Yes. That's huge, Joe. That's a big oh, yeah. deal. And my brother, he took over, was it four years ago? Um, but, you know, but just to say, right, like, and this is the shout out to NPS as a whole. And I think, again, we get caught up in a lot of the negativity, but mm-hmm. there's great things happening in our district, right? Correct. Like, no, so you're incorrect. They're phenomenal. Things phenomenal thank you. The, thank you. Word, word choice matter, right? And yep. phenomenal. And we got to do a better job of talking about it. And I know as we talk about, the, you know, the, the issues that happen sometimes, but the 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 teachers getting swung off on one doesn't happen like every day y'all like it's not happening like there may be some but behavior the, but that's the picture we paint that's the, paint, the picture we paint remember I talked about this changing narratives yep. like and this is one of the areas yep. there are issues in the district I'm not going front but there are to your point phenomenal things happen so I had to shout out to my man Dr Juan Baez Milwaukee School of Languages if you have yep. not, if you haven't been there oh, go yeah. check them out if you got a middle school kid or a high school kid you want a phenomenal school they fighting to get in go check them out Holla fighting them. to get in. 833-212-1017 is the number you're listening to Truth Roundtable. Kyle Wallace, Linnell Ramey, I'm Dr. Ken Harris. Traffic, sports, and weather up next. More of The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is the Truth Roundtable on the new 1017 The Truth, the Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Hey, remember, join the Truth Team. That's tomorrow, our Tory Lowe Community Cleanup. Three locations tomorrow are the Milwaukee Fire Station at 1551 North 30th Street, 8 o'clock a.m., Central City Cyber School, 4301 North 44th Street at 930, and St. Anne's Center, 2450 West North Avenue at 11 a.m., Everyone who gets a truth shirt and a free lunch. Do we get hats too? The bucket hat? You want a bucket hat? Yeah, I want a bucket hat. I've been waiting on today. Anyway, um, lunch is provided by Cousin Subs. The Truth Community Cleanup is sponsored by St. Anne's Center, the best intergenerational care in Milwaukee. Cousin Subs. Better bread, better subs. Cousins Subs. 833-212-1017 is the number. We are broadcasting live on Twitter and YouTube, just hit 101.7 The Truth, and we'll be live. And Well, actually, put live in. That way you'll see little old me. 
and Linnell Ramey and Kyle Wallace here on Truth Roundtable. Thank you, Rhea. Appreciate you. Eight three three two one two. 1017 is in. By the way, we're also got a new Instagram page, so make sure you follow us and uh, make sure you get us right there. So I'm just saying. Did I do enough, Kyle Wallace, boss man? You, you did great. That new Instagram page. Shout out to Dr. Ken Harris for shouting this out, but also shout out to Carrie Noni for the great content that she's creating the to juice. start the week. And at the end of the week, you can get a weekly recap on 1017 The Truth, all the, the hot content that we talked about during the week. So shout out to her killing it. All the. All the fights and all the stuff. There's some fights this week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, it looks like we must have struck a nerve because now the phones uh, are lighting up. Yeah. Right. We don't get to talk about dead credit cards now. I know we ain't going to have time for it. We're going to quickly talk about it because we still got another break. So, in the last segment, we'll talk about debt and going to school and all that good stuff. All that good stuff. Denise, you're on the new 101.7 The Truth. How are you? How are you men doing today? We're doing Hello. great. Well, I don't know. It depends on what you say. We might be doing okay or we might not be doing okay. In my day and time, you know, um, I didn't graduate from high school. I had a lot of different things going on in the family. But nevertheless, and my mother, she didn't, like, push us to go to school or anything like that. But like uh, you were saying about your your dad's people, and that's what my dad's people did. They all went to college by uh-huh. But Nevertheless, uh, the thing is that I'm talking about in regards to myself and what I did, I searched around, you know, and I got into different uh, trades. Like Kyle Wallace was saying, there's trades out here that people can take. Everybody's not college material. So I went uh, into machine tuning first. I didn't care for that. Lays, meals, CNCs, and I right. should have stuck with the CNC. But um, anyway, so I switched over to graphic arts. You know, went to Milwaukee Graphic Arts Institute and got, you know, certified in uh, desktop publishing other graphic-related fields. But the thing about graphic arts back then was that they were very, 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 very prejudiced. And um, and one indication I had to uh, go to, because we had a union, I had to go to the union, which was Local 577, and um, tell what was occurring on the job, which was just brutal prejudicing and discrimination. So they wrote a whole different manual because of the letter that I presented to the president of the union. So, you know, in dealing with even um, going out after whatever uh, educational, uh, you know, achievements that you have acquired, we have to let the people know, you know, what is going to be in some of these different uh, jobs, area fields, what the encounters will be. And not only that, but let the people know, young people know that there are other areas that you can uh, gravitate to. You know, like uh, I did non-traditional trades at MATC. That's what I went off into. So, um, like I said, then I did real estate and some, you know, other little securities and stuff like that. But there are things that people can do if they don't go to college. But you remember you went through MATC. You did go to college. Yeah, I did. I, well, actually, I went through MATC's program. Doesn't matter. It's college. It's college. Yeah. Yeah. And then I okay. went to uh, Milwaukee Graphic Arts. There you go. But I just want to put that out there that you can yes. achieve even if you don't have a Say high school it. diploma. That's what Say I want to let you know. Thank you so much, Candy, for uh, having this subject because I tell you, I had to go through some tutor. 
hurdles and, you know, mm-hmm. just jumps and maneuvers, but I did do something with my uh, my life, and now I'm a minister, so that too. Look at you. Bible College. Thank you much. God bless. All right. 833-212-1017 is the number. Thoughts? Well, I think you said it best. Like she kept saying she didn't go to college, but she said she went to MATC. <laughs> right. Like I think I, we we got to we got to change that gotta, narrative of the only college is a four year school. No, like you 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 know this is a great opportunity. Like no, you went to an MATC college program. <laughs> right. And I want people to understand the magnitude of that. That means you had to still sit in class somewhere. Yep. You had a professor. Yep. You took notes. You took a test. Don't care if it was six months, nine months, or twelve months. It still was right. And yep. like we have to yep. build on that and, and and reinforce the value that. Continual learning is important. It may not mean you end up with a bachelor's, a master's, or a PhD, but if you come out of that with a certificate, you're moving yourself forward. And you still have to get trained every year because you got to get get recertified. And, and one of those, those college classes. So, so you're still going. Yeah, yeah you got to. That gotta continuing ed is, yeah. So that's fire. Before we go to break, 833 212 1017, Black Conscience, you're the new 1017, The Truth. Yo, Doc, long time no hear from. What's up? Yeah, I am. Uh, I am pursuing to finish my college degree, so I am uh, now focused that Aaron Rodgers has moved on. By the way, I'm having an Aaron Rodgers burning jersey burning ceremony. All are welcome, <laughs> and I can really focus now that the Bucks have lost, and we could take down that war, that prison gate, because it made it look like a prison yard. And yeah, I'm really excited about that. All right. So what are you getting your degree in? I'm going back to college. Say that again. What are you getting your degree in? What are you getting your degree in? Business management. Okay. And how long has it been since you have graduated high school? Uh, Yeah. So I started, but then, you know, how us youngest do it. We take a break. Understood. uh, You know, I've got maybe two years to go to finish that degree. Congratulations. Outstanding. Thank you, sir. You, you do know the fact that you started. All right. Thank you, brother. Great. I just want to say shout out to Black Conscious for that. And and the fact that you started puts you in the 99th percentile, like instantaneously, of finishing because the starting is what most people don't do. And, and you know, and I want to correlate this for people in, in the sense of, and we just mentioned a little while ago, this is, this is not about saying, oh, he's going to college, so just great. It's no, right. he decided to go back and finish. Right. When someone does an apprenticeship and they finish and, and, and are journeyman, congratulations, that's dope too. Absolutely. But, so I, that's the piece I think I want to get the narrative to be like, whatever one, just finish. Right. Like go to, like when you do apprenticeship program, to me, right. that's on-site learning. That's a different right. kind of college to me. Right. But I think that's the piece I want to make sure I, I communicate because all of it is so important, and it shouldn't to be, to your point, an or. It's and. Like you can do both. That's yep. okay. And that piece of paper you got on the wall is everything. 833-212-1017 is the number. When we come back, we got to get to this credit thing. Because that's a whole nother round table. Law, the yes, law, and paying your loans and all that stuff. More of The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. More of The Truth Roundtable is next on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. We got a few more minutes left. Truth Roundtable, Linnell Ramey from Mentor Milwaukee and our very own director of content, Mr. Kyle Wallace. Mark said, I've been bouncing in and out of this segment. Apologies. Is there an initiative for introduction into the trades? For us, I mean, because the city will give um, incentives to contractors while willing to train interested individuals. This includes architecture, urban planning, acquiring a skill set, but you need the individuals. No, it's not a show about that. It's a show about that and going to college and getting an education. And even when we do that, somebody has to pay for that. And it comes down to school loans and bad credit because you now have. So initially we talked about Credit card debt or school loan debt? Which one is worse? Credit card debt. Credit card debt. <laughs> Second. Credit card debt. I don't even. It's not even close for me. But the thing is, if I'm young enough, I could file bankruptcy, get rid of all my credit card debt. That sounds. Listen. listen that sounds dangerous. Listen. Not, not not something I want to. Hang on. Get rid of all my credit card debt, and then be done. School loan, unless there are very, very specific, narrow reasons why you file bankruptcy, you cannot get out from under it. In the state of Wisconsin, if you die, your spouse, if you're married, has your school loan debt. Yeah, yes. Well, we're getting divorced. Man. I, God, listen, are you I, silly, Kyle? I was Kyle. I but love you're not married, you. So. I love you. I, I and I hope I'm wrong, but I heard that there's some there's some. Strange things that go on in the state of Wisconsin. Here, here's my thing about bankruptcy. I, I am not, I am not very informed on bankruptcy, but I do know it's a very scary thing to think about. And what that bankruptcy label does to a young person trying to do other things, I, right. I don't, I don't know. I just know right. I've been told bankruptcy, Chapter Eleven, whatever it is. I, I just know that it, it just is a scary thing. So sure. I don't even want to get nowhere near sure. that. And so I, sure. I just feel like you know, it's better to have bad credit work two or three jobs, get it paid off and be done than to file bankruptcy and have it on your per se, per se for 10 years. But here's the key. If all you've got is that 10 years and when you're done, you get a redo. And you're able to survive. If I'm 20 or, or 20, 25, I can survive that. Okay. If I'm I'm 65, I don't have to worry about surviving that. So bankruptcy has a lot of different, Lanes, yeah, and, and most millionaires and billionaires have about filed bankruptcy so when we don't, multiple times. It, yes, it's a it's a it's a negative, it's a tool. It's a negative connotation for us when you don't have much. Yes, but the truth of the matter is, there's people who get bankruptcy who move on without blinking in an eye. So right. it may be on there for ten years, but you're able to move forward right. and other things you do. But to your point, credit card debt. I mean, but we're taught things. <laughs> we're taught things in a way that we don't understand all options. Right. Whether that's paying off credit card debt, whether that's Filing for bankruptcy, when they do it, how to do it. with That's an issue within a community that needs better, again, financial literacy. And knowing what you can and can't do after you file. So what for? So if I file bankruptcy at 23. Well, it depends on I, what kind. Are you filing reorganization no. or are you filing what, what's gonna What's, what's going to keep me from being able? Because if I don't have access to much capital, mm-hmm. and in order for me to get that capital, I have to f- apply for potential loans. Will that hold me back from getting that access to that capital? And even grants, I don't know if grants look at that as well, but would that hurt me trying to get that capital? Yes. 
So I'm basically putting not my life on hold, but I'm limiting myself to the resources that I could potentially have to build myself in my 20s because I filed bankruptcy. And when you're in your 30s, you start over just like you were in your 20s well, when you didn't have any credit. But that's lost time. time. It's like I couldn't imagine. Sure. I couldn't imagine. The one, the biggest regret I have is not that's doing. That's because you're only in your 30s. Well, well yeah, but the, one of the biggest regrets <laughs> I have is not doing any type of investing right. or any, any type of trying to find that. You know, I, I started early, but not doing the other things early enough. I feel like I missed out. Oh, man, I could have I did that. I could have had that. another 60 years to your but, life. But what I, are you I mean, even but, talking about? But I still missed out on time. But right? do you realize, you do realize, there's people in your 30s right now who will still, they scratching their head like, what is he even talking about? Right. That is the, that's the problem. So when you think about, even thinking about the issue of credit card debt, okay, I use me as an example. When I, by the time I was 23, three kids, you know, thinking about getting married, I had to really flip the script and be like, hey, man, these credit cards are going to do what they got to do. The next thing I know, I'm $10,000 in debt by the time I'm 25. Like, you know, so credit card debt is, but it's about financial literacy at the end of the day. How do we teach good debt, bad debt, and then how to recover from those debt? Yep. No, I, I agree with good debt, bad debt. and Debt can be good, as he's saying. Like, oh, yeah. investments in right. taking on some debt that could at the end build some type of wealth for you. That's the type of debt that you should be trying to get. Like anytime you can b- getting a house, we always talk about that. A house, yeah, it's a lot of debt, but you can sell that house and you can make money back from That's that true. as well. Who so, teaches that? Very true. Who teaches that? Not not enough people. Not enough. Final thoughts. Thirty seconds. This is important for us. Two things: understand your debt, understand what good debt is, bad debt, understand why renting a house for fifteen hundred dollars a month when you can probably own one for eleven hundred. Like, figure that oh, out. Oh, but the maintenance. Yeah, and the maintenance, right. Figure it out. Second thing, um, let's stop putting our kids in one bucket and say they can't learn. Stop saying or, or, say and, and, and let's give them options, whether trade or whether um, college. All right. And then oh. I'll say, like you said, debt is necessary in order for you to get some type of credit. I lived through that myself where I could not get a credit card because I was like, my credit score was low because I didn't have any debt. And so that's an opportunity. But then on that for education wise, I really love the conversation that we had because we're focusing on potential solutions and building up our students and building up our future. So this is just exciting that people are so engaged in this conversation. All right. You heard it. Truth Roundtable. Linnell Ramey, Mental Milwaukee. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you, Fred. Kyle Wallace. What's your final thought? My final thought is that unless we change this, um, nothing's going to change. So my plan is sometime in July, I'm going to have a meeting that I'll be talking about on the truth with uh, some folks in Milwaukee, a big group that they'll be invited. It'll be a little elitist, but hey, that's how you me. get things done. Though. And that's how you get things Love done. It. We'll be coming up. So you're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, Truth Roundtable. Thank you, Rhea. Appreciate you. Um. Tori Lowe Show is coming up next, along with All Weekend. You'll be listening to the rebroadcast. Tori Lowe, Community Cleanup is tomorrow, starting at 8 o'clock. So get up, wake up, rain or shine. We're going to be cleaning up the streets. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. God bless. Take care. I'll see you Monday at 4. I'm out.